What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Hi, Dave here. This is my wife, Kathy. Hello. This is the Cinemile, the podcast where we walk home from the movies. Today we're going to go see a movie. It's called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's a Quentin Tarantino feature film. But we are in Ooh, Cork. And, and you can hear how windy it is. That's we haven't done a podcast in Cork windy. in a long time, so it's very exciting going to the Gate Cinema. Love yes, the cinema. Just love we are popcorn. home in Cork on holidays. It's weird when you go home to where you're from, but it's a holiday. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it doesn't quite feel like a holiday. No. But yeah, so we're off to see the latest Quentin Tarantino. It's a funny one in that is it the 9th or the 10th or the 11th or something? I don't know. You know the way he makes a big deal about the number of movies he's done. I was I like, think it's the when nine. I saw a trailer for it a couple of months ago, I was like, Do you know what? I'm done. I'm not going to go and see it. And I, I don't know why I felt like that because whenever I see. You like all his I movies. Always, I always, without fail, always enjoy a Quentin Tarantino movie, right? There's just something about how he makes movies I always enjoy. But when I think about them afterwards, then I feel a bit dubious. Like, they're always... I think he annoys me when I see him in real life. Why? They're obviously very violent. Why does he annoy you? I don't know. Like, he gives me the creeps. And I know that's a weird and inappropriate thing to say about someone I've never met. But something about him in interviews. There goes our chance of ever interviewing him. <laughs> <laughs> and then, specifically with this movie, I just think... God, like, let Sharon Tate rest in peace. Like, I don't know why her... And I don't know, because I've not seen, obviously not seen it yet. Like, I like the idea of the setting about the stuntman and the actor. I just don't know why Sharon Tate would be in it. Like, I feel like that's a bit crude. Um, so I wasn't really up for seeing it, but it has been getting really good reviews. And then, did you see, a, I think it was at Cannes, there was um, a panel, a kind, of, kind of a press interview, and someone said to him, why does Sharon Tate have so few lines in your movie? A female journalist. And he said, I reject your hypothesis. And it's like, no, it's not a hypothesis. Apparently, she's like almost no lines in the movie. So apparently, she's but, like an awfully written female character. So anyway, they're the kind of the reasons I didn't want to see it. But then I do want to see it because I always enjoy his movies. So a bit here, I don't know how I feel about it. But it's hard to tell from... I have seen a trailer for this. And it's hard to tell if what the movie's actually about. Yeah, like, I've seen the trailer it, too. It's weird. It seems like it's about... And, you know, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio are sort of seem to be the stars of this. Which is so fun. it seems to be that the Sharon Tate, uh, Charles Manson storyline is almost doesn't feel it feels tangential. Or, or you know, to be honest, we, I, we don't know. We've no idea how this pans out because it's been a marketing campaign that doesn't give you too much, which mm-hmm. I, as a as a film goer, appreciate. Um, and I think when you're at the level with Quentin Tarantino, like his name is the draw despite I mean three huge despite, actors though. yeah no I was going to say despite the phenomenal cast yeah. list that includes Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio and Margot Robbie Margot Robbie and uh, Al Pacino Al Pacino <laughs> um, the guy from um, the uh, Dunkachino commercial in the Jack and Jill movie <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've if I've you're familiar with his work yes but anyway we better go but yeah so I feel I've mixed feelings about it but I, I know on a level I'll definitely enjoy it because I do enjoy his direction. 
But you don't know that you'll enjoy it. That's the whole point. Well, I guess <laughs> I've always enjoyed his, but I always enjoy his movies and then feel a bit bad about enjoying them afterwards. So uh, what you're describing is there's a phrase for this, and it's guilty pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so these are your, so Quentin Tarantino movies are your guilty pleasure. What's yeah. your um, what's your feeling on what's your favorite Quentin Tarantino movie? Probably I'm filling time kill, here before probably, we get to the yeah, cinema. Yeah, you really are. Probably Kill Bill. <laughs> Which one? Yeah, or as a whole? The, are you allowed to say as a whole? The first one. I don't know. The first one. What okay. about you? Uh, Toss-up between Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Which is probably a boring answer. I mean, not really. But they, they, for, they're very formative movies for me. Uh, teen, you know, teenager, ultra-cool, hyper-violence yeah, right that's what I alley. mean about it. Like, I, I, I like, I enjoy the hyper violence, but then I don't agree with it. I don't like seeing violence perpetuated in movies, and that's kind of where my tug lies with it. I think. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Sounds like you're getting old. <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> I'm an old. Sounds granny. like sounds like you really grew up. Oh, and one thing is that we noticed that it's like two hours and fifty minutes long. Not impressed. No. Already, no, it's too long. Too long. Yeah. And he's a filmmaker who. He always I goes think too long. over the years has become more and more self-indulgent. Like his running times have crept up, and he, the amount of fat on his movies has gotten. Well, fatter. he's like, I'm making a Quentin Tarantino movie. You know what I mean? Like his name's yeah. too big for him. I'm kind of like exactly, and and no producer could or editor could, could like sit there with him and say, you need to cut 45 minutes out of this garbage, <laughs> yeah. or maybe cut the bit with you like showing up for no reason oh, with God, an Australian no. accent. Like, that wasn't Django Unchained, you've wasn't got, it? Yeah, you've that got, was really like, bad. So you've gone too far, Quentin. Or maybe people do say these things to him and he just doesn't listen. He doesn't, they, and he doesn't, he doesn't care. need to listen. And I mean, to, he's be, an to, be, to be fair to the guy, he's kind of earned. He's earned no his name. No one's earned two hours and 45 minutes, okay? Yeah, but look, he can do what the fuck he wants, really, and we're going to be the ones who are going to show up and pay money to see yeah. it. Uh, we paid 11 euro each now. So, we're going. All right, yeah, Bye. we're here now. All right, see you on the other side. I'm Rick Dalton. It's my pleasure, Mr. Schwartz. Call me Marvin. Put it there. That's your son? No, that's my stunt double, Cliff Booth. Last night, we watched a Rick Dalton double feature. <laughs> All the shooting. <laughs> I love that stuff, you know, the killing. A lot of killing. Anybody order fried sauerkraut? Hi, we're back. We've just seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We're out. It's cold. If you it's so Ar- Ireland in August, temperature-wise, is like London in November. Yeah, scrap this movie. Let's <laughs> just talk about the weather um, for the walk home because no, that's what that's what Irish people have to do, and it's we just, are Irish. It's so odd, right? Today it was really hot and sunny, so I went. Go upstairs on, tell me about it. To put sun cream on my face, and I came back down, and it was lashing. Stop rain it! And I had to put on a jumper. I was and so I'd, confused. And I'd be raincoat on. <laughs> anyway, come on, and back was, to the movie. And it was gorgeous yesterday. Back to the movie. Um, no, but honestly, though, the forecast is looking good next week Dave what did you think of the movie (laughs) alright for anybody who hasn't listened before we won't spoil the movie until we get to spoiler street 
Um, so we will talk just generally about our thoughts of it now. Um, I think I I think I hated that movie. <laughs> I really didn't I like it. One hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, great. All right. Well, this has been the Cinemile. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Um, I thought I yeah I was oh my god where do I start I was really bored I thought it was the most self-indulgent Tarantino's been in a long time um, be very careful we won't say anything about the details of this movie until Spoiler Street obviously but I think we do, you do have to be careful about how much you say about the plot so I will walk around it but I the mean, plot is thin a strong word, like, there's very little plot's a um, very strong word for what happened in that movie this is him basking in his own um, love of Hollywood I feel like this is I feel like setting him setting a movie in this time period set in Hollywood is just a a recipe for disaster <laughs> Because he's so he's famously so in love with cinema and is such a cinema nerd. Um like what like way more than any other director, I'd say. Just like just he just well, knows no, all this it's stuff. Not to say more than other directors, he just makes it very obvious. Because yeah, he's, he's very telling derivative. you. He's telling you all the time. Um and it's just filled with he's just basking in it so much that I wasn't on that journey with him. And I would say that, um Maybe for an audience member who is obsessed with this period of cinema, you could just... Or, or sorry, this period of um, history and particular time and place, Hollywood in the 60s. You could probably sit back and kind of bask in this because, good point, I thought the production design of this movie was quite incredible. The scene, like, it just looked like Hollywood in the 60s. Um, so you could, I guess, just sit back and bask in that. But Jesus, there's nothing, there's very little to, to draw you in. Um... I thought I was bored I was actively bored um, the, the actively pretty much disengaged by the characters I thought tonally uh, it was all over the place I was like is this a, a comedy is this a drama I mean I guess he plays with those conventions anyway but like I just I keep giving funny, nothing though. to work with and it wasn't funny and, and the points that were funny or that where I felt like the movie was telling me it was being funny and the audience were laughing I felt uncomfortable yeah same um, I, I was actually felt, disappointed in our audience that they were laughing yes, at the scenes they were laughing at I exactly agree I, I felt kind of I felt disturbed by this movie um, and not because the movie wants you to feel disturbed because the movie was ma- making light of things that, that are I, very serious. That are very serious, and I didn't, I didn't appreciate, and maybe I just didn't appreciate what the movie was. We've gotten too trying old to for do. Tarantino. I think maybe we grew up and he hasn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I kind, I, I'm kind of disgusted. I gotta say, I thought the movie was kind of disgusting. Um, I, uh, go on. What did you think? Okay, so you know the way I was saying before we went into the I cinema. I hated it and it was disgusting. Before we went into the cinema, I was saying like even though I've got misgivings around Tarantino movies, I always enjoy them. Yeah. And it's because I always find them really entertaining and like really interesting and unique, right? And as we were sitting down in the cinema, I suddenly thought, I know I said Kill Bill was my favourite, but then I remembered how much I'd liked Inglorious Bastards as well. And Django Unchained. Trust me, I know there's yes. huge issues that people have with Django Unchained and the racism and the slavery depiction I get all of that but in the moment when I watched Django Unchained I found it wildly entertaining yeah oh my god this was so the first hour of this movie I was like put me to sleep it was just a bore Leonardo DiCaprio and 
Brad Pitt were completely underused for the, at least the first hour of the movie. There was no style, there was no pace. It feels like somebody who's so desperate and on the last legs of his career that he's just reverting into nostalgia. Um, like, I thought it was pitiful. There's two good sequences in the whole movie, one with Leonardo DiCaprio and one with Brad Pitt. Um, Sharon Tate, oh my God, I don't know where to start. Unbelievably, Save I cannot believe... It's not a spoiler. I can't believe that that woman was kind enough to say that um, Sharon Tate had very few lines in this movie. She had no lines in this movie. Why did, why did they cast an Oscar-nominated, like, incredible actress like Margot Robbie to just walk around in a miniskirt and giggle and simper? Like, honestly... And I thought it was just unbelievable. Like, why is she being dragged around on the press circuit to talk about a movie that she effectively had nothing to do in? And, like, he's so lecherous. And again, I need to go back and watch his older movies now that I'm older and, and understand this stuff a bit more. Every woman, it was like shots of her legs, shots arse. of her arse, There's shots of her feet. There's a lot of arse shots in this. Um, weird foot fetish thing that he's got going on. I was totally creeped out by the gaze of the camera. Like, I just thought it was gross. Um, and I think... I really think that this is my biggest issue with it, and you were alluding to it. Using the real... Using... Ha- having a fictional movie, but with there being a, car- a real character, real characters, who suffered inexplicable or indefensible and vile crimes against them, using that as a way of injecting tension into your plot is so pathetic. Yeah. And it's such a cheap trick. And I think it's despicable. So absolutely found him it, vile. Um, and when we get to Spoiler Street, I'll talk about those two sequences yep, that were really it's insensitive. good. insensitive. Um, there was two really good sequences. But honestly, I don't, know why they, I don't know why they were in it. I don't know why Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio signed up for it. I don't know what Margot Robbie was thinking being in this movie. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's the least I've enjoyed a film, I would say, in years at the cinema. Like, years. Because I found it so distasteful. And ultimately just found it so desperate. And I just thought, oh my God, I can't believe how much I used to think... Quentin Tarantino was so cool when I was younger and now I think but there's I went nothing back cool and or stylish any... in this it, no. felt like a, it felt like an, it felt like just a guy who's out of touch with reality That's exactly what it felt like and he like, what's he being nostalgic for he wasn't even like what would he have been then maybe 10 if even like, yeah but to be, be nostalgic like for your own era like just pathetic no, it's that... fake nostalgism is that a word yeah. like it's like me being nostalgic for the late 80s just because I was alive then I don't remember it like no I think that's I think that's okay to be nostalgic for a period that you don't necessarily have personal experience with it's a very famous and well documented period in cinema history yes and we don't one, need to see him doing but it but it's like. one that he has the credentials to sort of bring to life as he lets us know every two I seconds I don't think he brought it to life though well, I what, really don't well, and whatever. then finally my final point is I can't, something we that can't say whether it's authentic repeated like theme in all his movies is violence but in particular in this one I find the violence to women just really sickening as well so yeah I've nothing good to say about it to be honest okay well I don't know how to ta- how to tangentially uh, plug our Patreon <laughs> from that but I'm going to try um, hey Hi. guys did you know that we have a Patreon <laughs> so if you like we review much better movies if on you the like, Patreon if you like if you like, uh, if you like hearing us <laughs> describe Tarantino's work as vile and disgusting <laughs> and, that, and that we think it was insensitive and, and should be banned from cinemas <laughs> we didn't say oh my god we are we are old people um if you like, if you like more of these kind of opinions, um, 
please head over to our Patreon page and consider supporting the show. Um, and we also have an extra podcast feed there. So uh, if you donate the, the price of a coffee a month, you get to hear us review uh, old movies, TV shows, loads of other things. And you get a shout out on the show, like our good friend, Mike Duggan. Um, hi, Duggan. Hi, Duggan. Um, you know, when, when our friends um, subscribe to us on Patreon. Yes, we, pr- we prefer our friends to pay <laughs> to hear our voices. Uh, Nula Dormer uh, not our friend but we sure you're a lovely person uh, Sammy and Joe thank you very much for uh, for subscribing they've they've um, submitted as one but they've said Sammy and Joe so we might have to bill you guys separately yeah, Sammy and Joe sorry yeah, sorry no. uh, Richie Jones thank you so much and uh, Rosemary McCabe to name but a few uh, so head guys. over to patreon.com forward slash the cinemile um for more of that nonsense. Now, no. back to Spoiler movie. Street. We're moving on to Spoiler Street. So let's. You both, you can tell her in Ireland because you both went now. Now, now, by also a tractor just dropped by. <laughs> that was that, that, was that loud by. noise. Okay, can we just can we just get to the bones of this, right? Because this film there is no bones to this movie is a long fucking walk to a punchline <laughs> that, like, basically he had the idea. Oh, what if? Spoiler Street again. Spoilers. Spoilers for this movie. What if they went to the the wrong house? And that's the punchline. And we get this. (laughs) And basically it's like wish fulfillment of... uh, Someone who's clearly leched over Sharon Tate his entire life. Well, it's like... But it's... it's like, yeah, what if what if what if they got their their comeuppance by these two awesome people who you get to spend a whole movie with and it's like, oh, that's it. It was like you you we spent all this time walking up to that moment so that you can you can just flip that around and play with history like you did in Inglorious Bastards. Well, to be honest, fine. I'm glad he played like, with history because I actually at one point got up and left and went to the bathroom because I thought what he was going to show us was the murders and but, I was like, I don't want to see it. You put it so well. He's playing. He. He's he, injecting tension by using is, something we know already. It's he pathetic. is a master. Uh, he is, and but he there is, was no tension. That we didn't even do it right. He's a master of tension. This man has created some of the most suspenseful moments I've seen on on a cinema screen. Um, you don't have to to reel them off. Um, Inglorious Bastards, the, Bastards the, the hiding under the floorboards. Scene, hiding yeah, under the floorboards. I was thinking of that. The bit with Michael Fassbender and the cards. That movie alone has all yeah. these things. Pulp Fiction. Um, anyway, we Jules don't need to Vince. go through them all. I mean, this guy knows how to create tension. And well, you, not right, anymore. He's used, he just he did that by having a voiceover from Kurt Russell yeah, reel off. Yeah, the, the style and tone of this movie is a mess. And all over the place. Suddenly a voiceover, voiceover movie. showing up out of nowhere. Um, then suddenly it's like him reeling off the, the time so we that did everyone's the doing very start things. Of the like movie, a, so maybe like, there was a voiceover at the very start. Yeah, but even but even if there was, it was gone. It was absent for an hour for and a half hours. and came back. Yeah. And, and just so you know, we missed. We came in as the opening credits came out. I don't think we really missed anything. It but turns out in Ireland they don't start movies half an hour late like they do in England. <laughs> so we were, we did not make it on time. Um. But that but that is that, it's just it's just it's despicable. Pathetic. It's absolutely despicable. And then. And then to but it's less than despicable. It's just pathetic and lame because you didn't even do it right. But then to, then to essentially make a joke out of it. Yeah, it's, it's, an, it's a, he, he his movie is a punchline. It's leading up to a punchline with with just a long walk up to it, um, and then is a joke. It's played for laughs. The 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 vile the hyper violence 
with Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio and the flamethrower is a gag it's a setup. it's Chekhov's flamethrower <laughs> they want us to laugh the movie wants us to laugh and our audience laughed and, and, and I sat there with a sick feeling in my stomach yeah. absolutely sick I just I felt really like did. I just this wish it had is... been fictional like why, like why I just wish he'd never brought the Charles Manson and Sharon Tate stuff into it and like you could have it fictionally set around the 60s with like these murderous hippies and Hollywood people and we'd get the reference without it explicitly being Charles Manson and Sharon Tate like I don't yeah. understand why beyond him wanting to get press for his movie and wheel Margot Robbie out and be lecherous about her he brought a real woman's life and tragedy to the screen in a in a sort of um, hyper-realistic com- comedic ode to old Hollywood and it feels completely out of place to, to spend so much time with her as well. To, 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 but we don't, but we don't spend any time with her. She's just a vessel no, for Tarantino's we, we fantasy. We do, we do. We spend time... She's just a hot woman driving around No, but we do, Caddy. We spend time with her watching one of her own movies. He tries to make us invest in her for no reason hard. when he knows that he's just going to pull the rug under us for the moment where they open the door and Brad Pitt's there. Well, no, to be and honest, get, I was glad that... I, I'm genuinely glad because I was like... Like just horror. I was so horrified at that point by what we were watching that I was actually glad that that was what he but, did. But, albeit, I think it's pathetic and tacky. But what is the point? What I don't understand what this movie is trying yeah, to say. I don't know either. And and then have once upon a time in Hollywood come up at the end, and, and then we're all like, oh yeah, it's a fantasy. But like, they also what are you this, saying? This really weird stylistic thing where like we kept having flashbacks within scenes, but like not yeah, knowing really, they were flashbacks. No, no, really jarring. Yeah. This is a man who. Just not well directed, to put it frankly. This not is well a man directed. who can spend time staying with one shot on a scene, with two actors talking, and cr- can cr- like whir out. He's a he's got a brilliant way with words, and can like he doesn't anymore though. You and 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 create tension with nothing. It's the Hitchcockian thing of the 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 bomb under the table. He can do that so well. No, Dave, he yet, could do that so well. Yet in this movie, we, we're the the edit is so jarring. In the mid, from the opening, when Al Pacino's meeting um, Leonardo and DiCaprio, it was a and it's cu- you're cutting in and out of like quick movies. There's a whole little fantasy bit um, where we see what uh, sort of another what if of what if uh, Rick Dalton had starred in The Great Escape. Um, and then weird. they intercut him. This is just him. And then a it's, sequence where somebody says, "Oh." Um, so Brad Pitt's like our, one of our protagonists we have two protagonists essentially Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio and then suddenly it's like oh yeah Brad Pitt murdered his wife and then it cuts to him on a boat like about to murder his wife and then it cuts back again it's like wait sorry what so our protagonist murdered his wife and then we see him later on in the movie now fair enough like granted like defending his life but like being so over the top horrifically violent to these women and I just had to look away because it's like what are we watching I don't understand but can we talk about the the one really good scene of the movie which was go on I think really fun and what this movie should have been all about which was the scene kind of beginning with like not a scene but like a big sequence Beginning with Rick Leonardo Dalton on the set of the Western. Yeah, with yeah. Dalton on the set of the Western with the little girl and with Timothy. Oh, Oliphant. she was great. Who's she, whoever that actress is was absolutely well, it was sensational. Brilliant from start to finish, and we and that was when I was like, oh, this is where you're like where Leonardo DiCaprio was actually earning his money, and like it's worth casting him because he played like this kind of struggling this actor who doesn't believe in himself and. And he's like, kind of begins with him in costume and ends with him finishing the scene amazingly. 
And he's he was brilliant. wonderful in this role. Actually, he's he, brilliant throughout in this, this whole, whole movie. Sequence. No, th- I thought throughout the whole movie, Leonardo DiCaprio was Yeah, but he was wasn't wonderful. given much to do until this. And then it was like, honestly, I love that. And I thought, oh, I wish the whole movie was... was do you know what it reminded me of? Funnily, another... Um, well, two directors, the Coen brothers, that for a long time I absolutely loved. And to be fair, they only let me down once. And it was that last movie they did... Set in Hollywood Hail as well. Hail Caesar, yeah, yeah. They fucked think- that off as well. I was well. thinking of Hail Caesar. Yeah, there was a scene yeah. in this that reminded me of some of the good scenes in Hail Caesar, and I thought, how could two, like, separately now, such accomplished directors both get this so wrong? Um, they should just leave it alone. I think that's why. I think it's just too close to home. But yeah, there was. I loved that scene, and I just thought, oh, I hope the whole movie's like this. And then that was the end of it. Well, and um, then the other scene that I thought was like, or kind of a sorry on that. On that, the um. The whole, the whole bit where we're kind of watching the Western um, play out uh, between Leonardo DiCaprio and Timothy Oliphant... It was really fun. ...was so well done because that's what I was alluding to earlier with Tarantino letting you stay in the moment yeah. and in the scene and you're with it for so long and you forget... That you actually are there so long you forget I was like, this that is they're movie. making a movie and then he goes, line, and it takes you right out. And yeah. that was just a lovely that touch. That was brilliant. Um, that was just I just wish the whole movie had been like that and then secondly um, the other like kind of couple of scenes sequence that I thought was really good was um, when Brad p- picks the young girl up and goes to the hippie commune yeah. with her that's tension that but was that's really genuine, good that's him doing what he does best creating tension yeah. we, like that's a great setup. It was what, really what's he going to find in that mm-hmm. house and he kind of played with our expectations a bit there in an interesting way I thought yeah. Um, so yeah I, I completely agree with you those two scenes were Real standouts by a guy who knows how to make movies, but he, this isn't a movie. This isn't. A, this is just a scatter shot. Um, this is just a shotgun firing off with and a, this is with where a Hail load Caesar of different ideas. Because at least Hail Caesar was deliberately kind of set into different stories, whereas this had like two really good kind of isolated stories within a wider story that was rubbish. And he yeah. would have been better off just making a series of shorts strung together like, than so, whatever this was. Why spend? Why spend all that time? creating a playboy mansion scene so that we can just track Sharon's st- tapes going and having a dance on her body. And, and, have, and, and then go to all the trouble of casting Damien Lewis as Steve McQueen is that who he <laughs> for, was? I didn't even get that for what? for what? for a moment so that he can like Basil exposition us the, the background of Sharon Tate just so you can just like pull Why? the rug out at the very end of the yeah. movie why bother? also the moment there's so much pointlessness in this movie like the the moment where Brad Pitt's on top of a roof fixing an antenna and then suddenly we get the the Wayne's World flashback and then you get this entirely unnecessary um, subplot with a flash flashback with him fighting Bruce Lee just so we can see how awesome Brad Pitt is at fighting oh and apparently loads and of people have issue with how Bruce Lee was depicted in this as well yeah, like, they, oh, sorry, they, as if he's beaten the, up the by this haggard old, like, has-been stuntman is able to beat Bruce Lee in a fight. I don't think so. But also, the movie's taking the piss out of Bruce Lee. Another yeah, dead person. Yeah, people are really upset about that. It's absolutely making him out to be a tool. Yeah, it's weird. Which is not really fair. They were tra- well, with I, well I, don't, I don't know enough about Bruce Lee, but I mean, just like, it's very clearly making him out. It's using him as a, a literally a punching it bag. It was weird. I, don't, I, I was literally like, I don't get it, and I know that people object to it. And then, what about the fact that, like, what, then, like, what was uh, Brad... Uh, why was Brad Pitt in this movie? Like, can he not get jobs anymore? No, i got to say, though, all right, I like looking at Brad Pitt. 
I mean, he's gorgeous. The more, he, the more, the older he gets, the more he becomes Robert Redford, which means it's we basically bad, yeah. we get a second go at Robert Redford. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's, really he's good, not quite as good an actor as Robert no, Redford. No, he's not. But he's got movie star presence. Like oh, sorry, I could have just car horn coming up here. Sorry, guys. Um, it's not the tractor though. We have cars and animals. Well. Um, why was he no, no, in it though? He's just a B character. Yeah, but he doesn't. He's a he, movie star. Like he shouldn't be in this. Yeah, he's shit. not really stretching himself much. But he, he, he is. He can play that. You, you believe he's a man who can fix an aerial and drive a car and beat up people. Like he's got the physicality, and also he just looks good. I like watching Brad Pitt like strutting around in a Hawaiian shirt. I could have watched. Um, I could have watched an hour of Brad Pitt just driving around Hollywood I mean, in the Pitt 60s. I actually like, loved does, all those but, scenes. Like, he looked great in Helmut Louise when he was like basically naked all the time. But like that's got nothing to do with... like At the very side of this movie when it was just him and Leonardo DiCaprio driving around, I was like, so we're just watching a fucking bromance. Like, like, yeah, it is a bromance. And I just find the whole thing just... Ugh. But it also like doesn't amount... like they don't, <laughs> they don't really have like character progression either do they? no like basically Rick Dalton just basically is just being told all the time that he's awesome and then well, the movie think, ends with that I think Rick Dalton kind of has some power uh, some progression in the sense of you can't just live your life of like paying your best mate to drink with you all the time and like you know you need to keep it sensible and I think Brad Pitt's character progression will come from the fact that he now has to start out a new life whereas Sharon, Sharon Tate was just like Honestly, like, I don't know how her family feel about this. I know I read that her sister said that she thought that Margot Robbie was, like, eerily like her and how she performed her. But all she did was just giggle and simper. Like, if I was... If, was if I was... Not Mar- Margot Robbie's not pathetic, but she, there was nothing to do with her. Like, Margot Robbie's really good and, like, she's really compelling to watch. And, like, for someone, like, to play a character that has no lines and be that good shows what a good actress she is. But, like... I just don't understand like why introduce her as like one of the so-called main characters if you're not going to give her anything to do beyond touch her bump and then at one point the really weird because it only works says something really weird and again you can just tell a man wrote this movie a mile off it said something like it was a hot day and she felt if she felt the worst kind of pregnant yeah, there was, was some. Like, excuse me. There was some weird writing in there. Sorry, and that, that but was like, Kurt as, Russell doing that, I'm sure. As someone who is pregnant, I genuinely found that offensive. I was like, "What? Like, excuse me, but what are you talking about?" Um, and do you know what was the worst kind of pregnant? Sitting in that fucking movie when you're pregnant with a bad back. <laughs> I had to get up and stand at one point in the corner, and I was so bored. I know, and then I had to stand in the row behind you and narrate what was happening. <laughs> I got off break Kathy to go was to the bathroom during the scene some when I serious talked. hot flushes during hour two not. of Once Upon a Time um, in Hollywood. But when I got up and went to the bathroom at one point, because I, I thought he was going to just show Sharon taping murder, and I was like, I'm just not here to watch that. So I went to the bathroom, and the lobby of the cinema had like the Pussycat Dolls video on. A really old one. Okay. And I was like, I'd actually rather watch this. There were two instances of the phrase pussycat in this movie. One character was called pussycat, and then Leonardo DiCaprio called the, the little girl something like pussycat pumpkin or I something. I love that scene with and him and the And I love that she girl. was like, don't call me that. But um, again, it's just like, yeah, right, Quentin Tarantino playing lip service or some sort of feminism. I mean, oh my God, and did you notice? I thought that Uma Thurman and Quentin Tarantino had had like a falling out, but her daughter was in it, the daughter from Stranger Things. Yeah, so very that was weird. Very briefly. Yeah, um, very odd. All right, I gotta say that I, in a car scene, no less. Even though it wasn't Uma Thurman's whole problem that she got like injured in a car sequence in Kill Bill. Yeah, 
So anyway, every part of it was just like awful. And then I thought, you know what? We paid 11 euro to see this. In British pounds at the moment, that's about 300 pounds with the current exchange rate. <laughs> so I'm highly begrudging that I paid 11 euro to see that. I'm not, and I know I often say this about Marvel movies and then we go anyway. But Marvel movies I object to on a shallow level, right? I just think they're boring and they're just churning the same stuff out all the time. This I object to on a much stronger level. Um, and I really am going to go and see one of his movies again. No way. I just think it was a waste of money. I gotta say that one little final positive note, because I did think Leonardo DiCaprio was sensational I mean, he's in this. Co- he's brilliant. Um, like, he's a brilliant actor. I love the little touch that but he was he... Like, the only one given good stuff to do as well. Yeah, but I I wonder how much I'd love to know how much of that was on the page and how much Leonardo DiCaprio brought. brought it would have been it. on the page For because instance, Quentin Tarantino is a control freak by all that's, accounts. That's that's true. I don't think you'd be improving his movies. But the 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 stutter. Um, did you notice Leonardo Rick that, Dalton's yeah. stutter felt to me um, and I don't have a lot of experience with stutters but it felt um, very subtle like it was, it was incredibly it, subtle you could tell it was somebody who had coma- common like yeah. had command over their stutter he was playing someone who commanded a stutter and it slipped but that doesn't mean that Leonardo DiCaprio added that in though there's no way he added that in perhaps perhaps not I'm, I'm just I thought he delivered that very well oh, yeah, and I think the brilliant. tendency is if you write a character uh, with a stutter you'd go full stutter do you know what I mean well no not if you're a good actor like he's like an Oscar winning an Oscar nominated actor yeah but that's my point that's okay. the point I am making and you're agreeing with me <laughs> yeah. while just making it sound like you've disagreed with <laughs> okay. me so how have you done that okay um, I've got one <laughs> final one final good point to say in the movie I like that Lena Dunham was in it yeah okay because I like her and she's not someone you typically I don't think I've ever seen her in, so, in something that she's not like made you're not typically just cast as an actress. Yeah, there's a whole um, there's a list of like cameos here, interesting ones. Bruce Dern uh, showed up for a second, but then <laughs> nobody really has anything to do. Luke Perry was here. Oh, that made me really sad. Which is sad, yeah. That I he, for him, that actually, he's died. Like, that this is kind of a cool role as well. He's not generally a movie star. Um, so no, I did enjoy that. But yeah, overall, anyway, I'd love to hear what our listeners thought of it because yeah, let us know. And good reviews. And. Like, if you really liked this, we'd love to just have an open conversation about it on Twitter yeah, at I the Cinemile, Facebook, I like, Instagram. I don't like when people. I I prefer to go to the cinema and enjoy a movie. I don't like sitting through a movie like that and really hate. Loads yeah, of and it. look, other opinions are available. This is just, and, and I think interest. I think it's interesting that we both had the same strong well, reaction knew, to I this. I knew you were having the same reaction to me because you kept sighing very politely and discreetly. I was sinking in my chair. <laughs> Did you notice that? Like, I, I was at hearing, one point. I was just like. Like I was like physically like beaten by this movie, um, but do let us know what you think. And if you if you loved it, great. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can also email us thecinemile at gmail dot com. We get a lot of great emails, um, and we always write back. Mm-hmm. And we write when we will respond to everything you say. Oh, um, and one more thing. Um, go on. Obviously, we've already asked loads, but if you have time, we'd really appreciate it if you use um, Apple Podcasts to listen to the podcast. It's really simple and it really helps us out. If you can just search the cinema and when you get to review, just like leave us a nice five stars. You don't even have to write anything, albeit, of course, we love when people write things too. Um, and it just really helps us out and it's like a nice way to thank us for the podcast that we give yeah. for free. Yeah? Okay. Um, anyway, we're off to do some um, Quentin Tarantino back catalogues now. We'll start from the beginning. Yeah. Very good place to start. I don't, <laughs> I'm afraid we're now going to look at his work and hate Oh, it. I will now. Because like, we've, ch- we've clearly changed. But you're right people. about we've grown up and he hasn't, and yet he's a lot older than us. Like. Yeah. Um, anyway. Anyway. Bye, 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 everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye.
this town that can all change like that. Hey, you're Rick fucking Dalton. Don't you forget it.